0: Good morning everyone. Welcome to Daily Devo with Vince and Bo. I'm Vince and I'm Bo. Thanks for tuning in today, Thursday. Some of you may be watching this right at 11 as it airs. Some of you may be watching later. Some of you may be listening on our Bridge podcast. Welcome to everybody wherever you are. If you are listening on the podcast, you will hear us interacting um, on a lot of these um, devotions with some people on Facebook You won't be able to see all of those interactions or hear, you know, see what people are saying, so we would encourage you. Join us on Facebook sometimes. sometime we try to do this every um, weekday at 11 a.m. Most of the time it's live, but it's not always live. But join us on Facebook if you would like to be part of the interaction. We are going through the book of Acts, seeing what it has to teach to us as followers of Jesus. We're specifically, I'd say we're talking a good bit about the role of the Holy Spirit, what it looks like to be temples of the Holy Spirit, seeing what the early church was like, which as we're also learning, not always, uh, um, people sometimes think that the early church had it all together, and that's not always the case. So we're learning from their triumphs and also from some of their tragedies. And today, our Devo is on a little bit more of a tragedy kind of situation. We got a fun, well, this one is actually a little less fun. We have an introductory question that we would like to hear your thoughts on. So if you're on Facebook, we would love to hear from you your answer to this question. The question is, what do you see as some of the biggest criticisms of the church and Christian people from non-church or non-christian people so as you are going about your day working relatives assuming you are somewhat connected to a church the bridge or some other church when you talk to people who aren't connected to a church aren't connected to the bridge aren't going to church what are some of the biggest criticisms those people have with church or with christian people not necessarily about the bridge, although we always are open <laughs> for hearing any criticism people have about the bridge, but... Please, no. <laughs> right? If we were to ask somebody who doesn't go to church, what are some of the bad things you see about the whole church thing? What are some of the common things that you hear? We're not looking for data, we're not looking for specific names, but just what are some of the criticisms people have in our culture towards the church and Christian people? And we'll answer ours as well, and that's going to lead right into the debate we're going to talk about today. Pastor Bo, what are some of the things you've seen, you've heard Mm -hmm. people's criticisms with church? Um,
1: Well, I'm I'm drawing from memory of some studies that I've read over the years, and I, I, I don't claim to have perfect memory, but I think one of the top things was a charge leveled against Christians is that Christians are unloving which is heartbreaking right. since that's our, the you know the first commandment is to love god with all your heart soul mind and strength and the second command is to love your neighbor like yourself right um jesus said um you know it would be by our love that we they would know we were his yeah so that's heartbreaking to me but that's one of the things leveled against christians is that unloving. they're unloving yeah they're seen as Ex, you know, they exclude people and they're not nice to people and they condemn people. Yeah. Um, and
0: that's probably more and more true as the culture around mm-hmm. us holds different values. Yes. Than we do. Yes. When we say, here's what we believe right and wrong is, mm-hmm. they perceive that sometimes mm-hmm. as we hate them. Right. They think differently or exactly. have different values. Exactly. Which that actually isn't where we're going today, but mm-hmm. that's that is a real how
1: about you what's your perception of that uh what are the
0: yeah i th- i one thing I've heard I'm sure there's a lot of other very common things, but the one thing I've heard that I wanted to bring up because it ties into the passage mm-hmm. is that we're hypocrites
1: mm-hmm.
0: Christians are hypocrites,
1: okay, yeah, they don't really so, practice what yeah. they
0: preach, which sometimes is mm-hmm. the not loving thing, right they say right. Jesus was loving. The message is love. Christians aren't loving; they're hypocrites, or they're mm-hmm. fake. Yeah, pastors are in it for the money. Yeah, you hear that yeah, one. Yeah, that's a big
1: thing. Yeah, it's all but about all about money. They just want about, your money. They just
0: want your money. Yeah, they just right. want your money. You've heard that. Yeah, the uh, um, televangelist world sometimes it doesn't help our cause a lot. Yeah, you know, send yeah. us your money. Yeah, and we'll send it back. You'll get it ten back tenfold yeah. from God. I heard a pastor say, if any pastor ever says, give money and God will give it to you back tenfold, you should tell that pastor, well, why don't you do that with Give me, me
1: money. Why don't you give me <laughs> there your you money go. God's going to give it back to you tenfold? Makes sense.
0: It makes sense. <laughs> so that's particularly what we want to talk about today, how God feels about hypocrisy. And I wish so badly every person who doesn't go to church every person who isn't a Christian who's got that hang-up of Christians are hypocrites could read the story we are about to hear today because what we're gonna see in this story is that God hates hypocrisy he hates hypocrisy he hates when christians in the name of christianity or under the umbrella of christianity are immoral, sketchy, sneaky, and actually in this story especially when it comes to money, right? <laughs> so, let's jump into the story. This is one of the one of the most intense stories in the New Testament probably in a way I would say one of the biggest surprises after I tell it you'll have to tell because you told me once your experience of hearing this story for the, for the first, first time, time. <laughs> which cracked me up <laughs> So I will share that in just a minute but here's the story this is early church and in the early days of the early church they were wildly passionately in love with Jesus filled with love for each other and they were doing things that um, we believe aren't required today, but it was out of the overflow of love that they were Mm -hmm. doing some crazy things. It kind of turned into like a little commune, right? Yeah. They were just so filled with love Mm -hmm. with each other. They're living together. They're selling all their property. They're just living in these common spaces. They're giving all the money to the poor. All that stuff's all good, but we don't want you to hear us say, you know, real Christianity means there's no private property ownership. We don't believe that. And the story actually validates that as well, that it's okay to have your own Mm -hmm. property. But they were just going crazy, living together, loving each other, amazing time. And so here's what was going on as that happened. Um, Oh, you know what I missed? Actually, this kind of ties in with the end of chapter 2, which we talked about on Tuesday. Anyways, here it is. Here's how the story begins. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. This is the part I didn't, I should have included that I didn't. When it says also sold a piece of property, it's specifically referring to the fact that people were selling their property, we're bringing the money to the apostles, and the apostles would redistribute that money to whoever had need. So these, this couple says, we're going to do that same thing. So they sell some of their property, and then they bring um, the money to the apostles. But here's what happens. They do it not with integrity, not with honesty, not transparently. With his wife's full knowledge, he, Ananias kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Now, you're going to see this in a minute, but just so you're all tracking, there was no law that said if you sell property, you have to give it to the apostles. Mm -hmm. The apostles didn't say, if you sell your property, you got to give all the money to us and we'll redistribute it. It's something that people were just doing. Or you have to sell your property. Or that you have to sell your property. Mm -hmm. They were just doing that out of joy. But Ananias wants to look like he's doing the same thing without actually doing it. Mm-hmm. So he sells the property, he takes the money, he keeps some of it for himself, he brings it to the apostles and says, here's the money I got for the land, trying to make it seem like he's being super generous, bringing all of the money that he got to the apostles, but in reality he's only bringing a portion of it. This is hypocrisy, Mm -hmm. right? This is hypocrisy Mm -hmm. in its finest form. Look at how generous I am. I'm giving everything, when in reality, not giving everything. There's lots of other kinds of forms of hypocrisy, but this is specifically hypocrisy, financial hypocrisy. Trying to act generous, Mm -hmm. trying to Mm -hmm. appear generous, trying to appear more generous than you really are. So what does God do? How does he feel about this hypocrisy? Does he say, well, we'll just let it slide. We'll give Ananias a slap on the wrist. We'll look the other way. No big deal. How does God deal with this through the leaders? Well, here's what the, here's what the church leader at the time said. This is a good lesson to us as church leaders of how to deal with hypocrisy. <laughs> and Peter said, Ananias! Calls him out, apparently in front of everybody. How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. And then he clarifies immediately, it's not wrong that you kept some of the money, it's wrong that you lied Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? You could have kept all that money. And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? You could have done whatever you wanted with it. What made you think of doing such a thing? What made you think that you could appear to be more generous than you really are? What made you think you could be a hypocrite and get away with it? Is what Peter says. Mm-hmm. You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Okay, now then here's what God does. So Peter calls out the hypocrisy. That's our less for church leaders. <laughs> but here's the heart of God in this moment. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. <laughs> And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. I bet. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, carried him out, and buried him. The judgment of God fell on hypocrisy. God hates hypocrisy. Now, maybe that was just a (laughs) one-time thing. But here's what happens, about three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, not knowing that her husband was just struck down dead for being a hypocrite. And Peter asked her, Peter just tests her. This is savage. Peter asked her, tell me, he's got the money in front of him still. Is this the price you got for the land? Knowing full well Mm -hmm. that they Mm -hmm. got more and they hid it and tried to act like they were giving all of it. Yes, she said, that is the price oh god (laughs) (laughs) peter said to her how could you conspire you joined together in your hypocrisy to test the spirit of the lord listen the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door the guys who just buried your husband who got struck down by god are at the door they're right outside and they will carry you out also and then (laughs) at that moment she fell down at his feet and died Then the young men came in, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church (laughs) and all who heard about these events. Now, there's a certain. For those of you that are freaking out right now, because you're like, oh my gosh, do I have any hypocrisy in my life? Is God going to strike me dead? It's good to have a little bit of holy fear of God because we follow a holy God. Um, But I do think that at any given moment, none of us are perfect, Mm -hmm. and if the standard was perfection, we all would have been struck down by now. And I think that God did an extreme measure because it was the early church and he was trying to set the culture. He was trying to have this foundational memory for everybody there of how he feels about hypocrisy, that he hates hypocrisy, that he wants to rid his church of it. Now. It's a process for many of us. And when people show up at church, a lot of times, there's all sorts of hypocrisy in their lives. And God does not strike them down dead. But I'm mainly saying this for the sake of you or your friends who think Christians are all hypocrites, and apparently their God does not care. Their God cares. Our God cares. He wants a pure and spotless bride, free, of all hypocrisy that is part of the job of pastors is to bring Jesus at his return a pure and spotless bride who has purified itself, rid itself of as much sin and hypocrisy as we possibly can, and come to God saying, Okay, I'm not perfect, but I have I'm trying to honor you in all that I do. So It's a warning to those of you who might have hypocrisy in your life. I'm not saying that this passage is saying you're going to get struck down dead. But I am saying God wants to purify you, make you a person of integrity. That's actually one of the things we're going to talk about this Sunday in the next book, um, part of the book of Ruth, of what it looks like in the middle of change and difficulty to walk with integrity. God loves you. And I believe he loved the Ananias and Sapphira. And I believe if they had a genuine faith in him, and we're going to see them in heaven, still. We don't know exactly what was going on in their hearts, whether or not they were saved. No. But right. I think it's fully in the realm of possibility that they had a genuine faith in God, a relationship with Jesus, but God, for the sake of purifying mm-hmm. his church, said, mm-hmm. I'm taking you guys home now. I'm taking the ball and taking you. <laughs> out of Take the game. You, you're out of, <laughs> I'm pulling, I am pulling you now. I am pulling you now. Um that's see I much thought a, you
1: I thought you were going to go in the direction of now if you made a building pledge fund <laughs> I mean oh, <laughs> a, a pledge to the building fund and you haven't paid it you might want to reconsider no no no, 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 no. no, no. and um, this
0: is this is outright yeah completely lying this is not yeah. just a small lapse of integrity this is overtly lying to the whole community.
1: you know what this underscores to me Vince is um, we've been talking about how that the, the, the church is the they are the people of god and dwelt by the spirit of god so that they are now the new temple yeah okay right. and and this underscores the reality of that
0: this is but, jesus flipping the tables
1: yes right, right right this is
0: jesus clearing out the market and you know
1: when when god brought the children of israel out of egypt he gave them the law uh, and then he instructed Moses to construct a tabernacle which was the tent of meeting where the yeah. presence of God would come down and be in the midst of the people but he gave them the law because you're going to be the the people the the people on the earth that have me in your presence yeah that means you have to live differently yeah from the rest of the world yeah come on and so you know, the law came with the presence of God. Right. The standard of holiness and righteousness and purity comes with it. We have the privilege of having the presence of God, but with that comes great responsibility yes. to, to honor God with our lives. Yes. And, um, yes. and God would not allow for the early church to become tainted from the very beginning with hypocrisy, yeah. the very thing that Jesus condemned. Uh, of among the religious leaders, this, the Pharisees, he just he blasted them for their hypocrisy. Yes. And so how could he allow hypocrisy to, to get in in such an early time of the church yeah. and corrupt it? Um, but that story you were alluding to, and I, yes, I, I told sorry. you. Yes, this is a I, funny story. Yes, well, yes. I, I w- it was the very first Bible study I was ever a part of, and it was before I was following Christ but I was kind of testing the waters and just wanting to investigate and we were as a group of men that would meet on Monday nights and uh, read a chapter from Acts every week and then talk about it we got to chapter 5 and we read this story where there were Ananias drops dead I'm like what that's in the Bible God just killed somebody because you know my in my life growing up you know I was taught Uh, God is love. In fact, when I was a little kid, and we did go to church for a short time, I was in a little uh, production, a a Vacation Bible School production, and they gave me a line just that they thought I could remember. The shortest verse of the Bible, God is love. Mm. No, that's not the shortest. Jesus wept is the shortest. The second. (laughs) And so my concept of god he's loving forgiving he's kind he's right. you know and then he, and then he just kills this guy and then his wife comes in and i'm thinking my mom, in my mind thing i'm thinking okay now they're going to raise him back up from the dead right. it's kind of like you know just tricked you I just want to warn you this could have happened for real they lay their hands on the body yeah and and bring you back to life and then she dies
0: right
1: I'm like whoa (laughs) man I got to completely rethink my concept of God here because I just hadn't had that idea of God being that way the holiness of God the holiness of God you know there are a couple places in the Old Testament where something similar happened you remember after they had built the tabernacle Aaron is the high priest. The brother of Moses is the high priest and his sons ministered as priests in the temple. Mm-hmm. And, and Aaron had these two sons named Nadab and Abihu. Mm, and they- Strange fire. They, right? they said, yeah, we, we know what we're supposed to do here in this service. We're supposed to offer this type of incense or this kind of whatever offering. And it, it doesn't clarify it. It just says they offered strange fire to God something he had not authorized, something he had not called for. He said, do this, do this, do this. And they said, eh, we're getting bored with this routine. Let's do something totally different. Let's be innovative. Let's be creative. Let's whatever. And they offered this unauthorized fire, whatever it was, incense, whatever it was. And they're killed on the spot.
0: Smoke it.
1: And Moses says to Aaron, don't even mourn. Don't even shed a tear. are
0: Aaron's sons, right? These are
1: Aaron's sons. He said they invited it. Yeah. They treated God as common. They treated God casually. Yeah. They thought we can do whatever we want, you know. We're priests. We're in the tabernacle. We can just wing it, whatever. You know, yeah. they just had a flippant attitude toward God.
0: Yeah.
1: We don't like to think of God being that way
0: yeah yeah i remember i remember um listening to an interview i think it was with john and carol wimber but it might have been just carol wimber but they were asking her about what was it like to be in you know full-on revival yeah full-on revival holy spirit yeah signs and wonders people getting saved people walking into church falling down not Mm -hmm. dead but Mm -hmm. falling down under the Mm presence of god and she said we all realized how sinful we really were mm. like that was one of the first yeah it was like oh my yeah.
1: gosh yeah
0: you know like a yeah. man of unclean lips
1: exactly right you, could, you know, with Isaiah, you know the there was a back in the 1960s don't you love it that you're you know somebody so old that I can reference things I that love love <laughs> happened before I you were born. It. I totally love it. <laughs> I was very young. I was born and, in seventy-one. Okay. No, I wasn't. That's all I know. <laughs> That's right. You were no, no. <laughs>
0: right at the edge of the 60s. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was a revival. There was a move of God's Spirit at Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and um, it was you know it's it's a Methodist college, and. Um, it it, it, liberal arts college with some people preparing for ministry but other people studying other things you know Um, they had a chapel service and Spirit of God just started manifesting just his presence and 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 there was suddenly this awareness of sin in people's lives and they just spontaneously began to stand up and confess their sins openly to the people To their fellow students and this went on for hours and hours and and then days and days and and i don't know weeks but it was a move of god's spirit where suddenly god was real in their midst and just like carol wimber said the first thing they realized i'm i'm impure right i'm unholy
0: yeah
1: and um, god doesn't do that to make us feel bad he doesn't do that to rub our nose in our in our sin but if we truly come into the presence of God, that, I believe, is the first thing that, of which we become aware is how he is utterly holy, pure, and separate from sin, mm-hmm. and how we have sin in our lives that we don't even acknowledge as sin. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, God could smite any one of us at any moment for sin that exists in us, yes. but by his mercy yes. and his grace, he does not. Yes. And by the wonderful shed blood of Jesus we have actual acceptance before God and we're even justified in his sight. Yes. But that doesn't give us license, does it? That's right. that's the whole point here.
0: And it doesn't mean he loves when the church is filled with hypocrisy.
1: Exactly. As
0: much as the non Christian, unchurch person says, I hate how church is so hypocritical, God says me too, Me too. Oh, me right. Too.
1: Right. Me too. I just hate that. And so we should hate it. Yes. You know, in ourselves. In our lives. In ourselves. In our
0: communities. In ourselves.
1: You know, Vince, on that subject, you know, and then I we know we're going to wrap this up because time's about out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one of the things so that distresses me about the age that we're living in, especially in our culture right here in America, is how critical um, People are of each other. Mm. It just seems like if you turn on the news, yeah. it's one side blasting the other side, and it just depends on which news you tune into. Right. What you're basically going to get is how wrong and how awful the opposing side is. Yeah. And, you know, I'm grateful that we live in a country where we can have the free exchange of opinions or th- our thoughts. We have f- free speech. I'm grateful yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. But as the people of God, what we have to be careful of, I think, is being judgmental. Because who among us is without sin? Yeah. You know? And so we need to be careful in our speech and not get caught up in the spirit of the age where you're just, we're constantly or very often um, speaking in uh, negatively derogatory terms about other people. Because the fact of the matter is, Every one of us are guilty yeah. and, and we stand uh, by God's grace and his mercy. Amen. So pray for us. Yes, I'll do that. Father, thank you. Lord, we thank you that you are a holy God, mm-hmm. that you are perfect in every way. And Father, it causes me to be amazed that you would choose to invite us into relationship with yourself because we are uh, all sinful. Mm -hmm. The Bible says as much and the Bible says, he who says he's without sin deceives himself. And so God, thank you for your mercy and your grace that allows us to have a relationship with you through the blood of your son, Jesus. Father, we ask that you would help us to purge out of our lives all hypocrisy, Mm -hmm. all unrighteousness, Mm -hmm. and to live in a way, Lord, that pleases you and that glorifies you and that reflects your nature in the world so that the world would look at the church and say they're different yes and mean that in a good way yes god help us to do that father in jesus name amen amen